Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Rick. I want you to see if you see the, the word that sums up the book of Revelation. How many of you see it? Yeah, what is the word? Happy. What is the word? Happy. Yeah, happy. This is a happy book. So with that in mind, yeah, with that in mind, let, and I'm going to show you why. So with that in mind, let's read this passage together. You follow with your eyes as I read it. The first word again is happy. Makarios in the Greek literally means happy. Happy is the one who reads the words of this prophecy and, yeah, happy are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, you can grab a seat at all of our campuses. And I want to set things up today by asking you this. How many of you recognize what that is? Yeah, you see, if you're under 30, you may not know what that is, so let me help you. This is a map. It's a relic from our ancient past. But back in the day, back in the day, and some of you remember this, right? This is what we used to find the way to where we were going to. And folks, I don't have to tell you, they were not simple to use, were they? I mean, first of all, first of all, you got to find your street on this thing. So what did you do? You went over to the table of streets and you tracked down in alphabetical order wherever your street happened to be on the map and you would find the street and if you remember, there'd be a letter and a number, right? And the letter might be F and the number might be 12. So you would, you would go over to F, right? And then you would come over here to the numbers and you would track down to three. And then where those two intersected, somewhere in that vicinity was where you wanted to get to. And folks, if you remember these things, they're cluttered, they're awkward, and they're they're especially hard to use. If you're trying to drive and use them, right? You think I, you think your cell phone this thing was utterly dangerous. It's up in people's face. But I don't have to tell you eventually eventually The GPS was invented. And when the GPS was invented, it was like, ah. Everybody say, ah. Yeah, the global positioning system. You remember the first ones? Anybody in here at all of our campuses, anybody in here had a Garmin? Let me see your hands. Yeah. How about a TomTom? Any of you have a TomTom? Yeah. Now, some of you were super sophisticated, and you had built into your automobile OnStar. 
How many of you had OnStar? Yeah. Sophisticated stuff. But I don't even have to tell you, all of that, too, is now passe, isn't it? Because most of you, if not all of you, you now have a GPS on your, yeah, on your phone. You have Google Maps. You have the Waves app. And what makes us so happy about these GPS? Everybody say happy. happy. Yeah, what makes us so happy is how simple they are to use. I mean, all you, know what you, all you have to do is enter in where you are and then enter in where you want to go to. And as soon as you do that, the GPS draws a blue line right to where you want to go to. And when we see where we want to go to, it sort of makes us happy, doesn't it? That's where I'm going to. For example, I, you know, I'm right now in Palmetto Bay. And let's say I wanted to go to one of our campuses. Let's say I wanted to go and visit our campus at the Redland. Let's give it up for Redland, by the way. So I enter in Redland, Redland, and I get a straight blue line right to where I want to go to. Maybe I want to go to our Homestead campus. I put in, I want to go to Homestead, and it draws a clear blue line, and I know exactly where I'm going to. Maybe I want to go to our Coral Gables campus. By the way, give it up for Homestead and Coral Gables. Yeah, I get a clear blue line right to where you are, Coral Gables. Maybe I want to go visit our West Kendall campus. Give it up for West Kendall. There's the blue line from here to West Kendall. And then maybe I want to go visit our Miami Springs campus. Love you, Miami Springs. I get that clear blue line. But again, what we love about our GPS is when that clear blue line comes up, you know exactly where you are going to. And not only that, you know, you hit that one button and the app reverse engineers itself and then it shows you the places that you're going to go through to get where you're going to. And I don't have to tell you, sometimes those places that you're going to go through are, are fun and it's an easy trip. And then other times there's twists and turns that you got to go through. And, and then sometimes, sometimes there'll be a traffic jam that you got to go through and a, or maybe a car wreck that's up ahead. And when you get, when, you, when, there's, when there's trouble up ahead, your, your blue line turns what color? Red. Yeah, it turns red. And that red line tells you, there's some trouble ahead that you've got to go through to get to where you're going to. But folks, that's okay. That's okay. You see, you see if I know where I'm going to, if, I, if it's clear where I'm going to, it makes it easier to go through the tough stuff, doesn't it? It makes it easier to go through the tough traffic if at least, you know, I'm not going, I don't even know where I'm going to yet. That brings anxiety. But when you see on that app, clearly, here's where I'm going to, it brings us peace and it brings us happiness. Now, folks, let me turn a corner and bring that over to our study today. Because what an image of the book of Revelation. In fact, this is my proposition. This is what I want you to walk away with today about this book. Revelation is a book about happiness. 
And it's a happiness, listen to this, that comes from knowing where you are going. Knowing where you are going in this life and knowing where you're going in the next life. When you know that, you've got the ultimate source of joy and happiness. Amen? Amen. And listen, not only does the book of Revelation tell you where you're going, but it also tells you where the world is going to. You ever hear people say, what's the world coming to? Well, the book of Revelation, I love it. It tells us exactly where we are going to as God's people, and it tells us exactly where the world is going to. That's why that, ver- that's why that verse says, happy, happy is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. Why? Because you now know you don't have to wonder, you don't have to hope, you don't have to think. You know where you are going to in this life and in the next life, and you know where the world is going to. You might be saying, well, Rick, where am I going (laughs) in the next life? Where am I going in this life? And Lord knows, where is the world going to? That's what we find out. If we wrap up this, this study of the book of Revelation, that's what I want us to leave knowing today. So I want to give you two major thoughts. How many of you have your listening guides at all of our campuses? Wave those in the air. Two thoughts as we close out this book for a while. Here they are if you're filling in the blanks. Number one, Revelation reveals where the world is going to. Everybody say, what's the world coming to? Yeah, this is what we're going to find out. Let's pick it up. So let's go all the way back to chapter 1, verse 1, where we started two years ago. Here's how it starts. Here's the key word. The what? The what? Yeah, the revelation. Now, understanding that word revelation, listen, is the key to understanding the entire book. If you don't understand that word, you won't understand the book. So let me remind you of this word. Now, now some of you, you've heard me say this a thousand times, the Greek word for revelation. And you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, I know that word already. But listen, probably when you're going, oh no, he's going to say that word again, is when you really got it, okay? So if you're going, oh no, here comes that word again, that means you'll know it when somebody asks you. So here's the word. The word revelation comes from the compound Greek word apocalypto. It's the word we get apocalypse from, but it doesn't mean apocalypse. When we think of apocalypse, we think of the end of the world. It's not what it means at all. The, the, the word apocalypto, the prefix apa just means away from. Calupto in the Greek means to cover something. So apocalypto simply means to take away the covering. Or to put it in the vernacular, it means to reveal something that has not been known before. And what does the book of Revelation reveal to us? What does it uncover for us? Well, listen to verse 1 again. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show us, us, his servants. He wants to show us something. He wants to uncover something for us. And what does the book of Revelation uncover? What must take place. In other words, simply put, the book of Revelation, watch this, reveals the future of the world. Put another way, it reveals what the world is coming to. 
You get the idea in verse 19. Go down. Jesus says this. Jesus says this to John. He says, John, write. In other words, Jesus was talking to John the apostle. He said, John, I'm going to tell you what to write, and you write it down. So Jesus says to John, John, write there for what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. Translation, Revelation reveals the past, the present, and the future of this world. Or put another way, Revelation reveals where where the world has been, it reveals where the world currently is now, and it reveals where the world is going to. And folks, here's what I love. Revelation tells us exactly what the world is coming to, and I want you to know what the world is coming to, so write it down as A and B. Here's what Revelation reveals. The world is not coming to a what? To an end. In spite of what the doomsday prophets say, in spite of what those documentaries on TV, how many of you have seen the doomsday documentaries? Ten ways the world is going to be destroyed. Ten ways the world is going to come to an end. That's not what the book of Revelation says. You know, I'll never forget when I first came to Miami about, uh, I guess it's been 23 years ago. Can you get that, hold that down there for me, Gus? I was, I was going to a lot of Miami Heat games, and we, it was at the old arena. You remember the old arena over by our downtown campus now? And I, was, I had been to about five or six games, and every time I would go, as we were going in, there was this guy standing right at the entrance with a bullhorn. And as people were filing in, he was shouting in the bullhorn, you're all going to hell. Yeah. And he would shout, you're all going to hell, repent, the world is coming to an end. You know, and everybody's just going by, just like, Man, don't blast us, oh my gosh. And so, you know, I went to that, I don't know, three or four times, and I'm going in one day, and I'm thinking, I'm going to have to say something to this guy. <laughs> so I just walked over to him, and I said, I said, bro, stop it. <laughs> Stop. I, and I said to him, I said, you've got a better message than this. Read the end of the book. Read the last chapters. The world's not coming to an end. In fact, write it down as B so you get it. What is the world coming to? Here it is. God is leading the world to a whole new beginning. Everybody say, a whole new beginning. Yeah, everybody say a whole new beginning. Yeah, so let's, let's draw the blue line all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. Here's where it leads. Listen to this. Revelation 21, verse 1. Then I saw, uh, what's the next word? New. Yeah, a new universe and a new, a new earth. And what's that new earth going to be like? Listen to verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. In other words, we're no longer going to heaven. Heaven is coming to us. We're no longer going to God. God will be coming down to the earth, folks. Can you imagine? 
And listen to what it says. And his dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them. Could you imagine God himself? I know he is in spirit, but I mean God himself being in here this morning. God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more. You want to know what there's going to be no more of? No more death or mourning or crying or pain. Why? For the old order of things, the old stuff has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything, everything new. Yeah, contrary to what the documentaries say, contrary to what the doomsday prophets would say, the only thing that's coming to an end, God says, is your tears and your sorrow and your pain, and your suffering, and your death, and your disease. God says, yeah, I'm going to wipe something out. I'm going to wipe the tears from your eyes once and for all. And God says, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to shepherd you to a whole new beginning, a new earth. And folks, it's like the book of Revelation. You hit where we are, boom, and the blue line just goes all the way to the ultimate destination. It's not about the old, it's about the new. It's not coming to an end, it's coming to a whole new beginning. That's where we're headed. And by the way, that's th- the same is true for your world, not just the world. God wants to give your world a whole new beginning. You know, sometimes we do things in life, and Satan says to us, that's the end. You blew it. Too late for you. But with God, God says never too late. God says today for you, today for you, no matter what you are, no matter what you've become, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how far away from God you may imagine yourself to be, God says if you will come to him today, can mark a whole new beginning of your world. You believe that? But listen, the world is headed to a whole new world. We are headed to a whole new world. So let's say that. A whole new world. I want you to get that in your head. One more time. Yeah, now, I need you to hold that thought for a moment. I'm going to come back to it. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. Because not only does Revelation revealed where, reveal where the world is going to, but write this down as number two. Revelation maps the road to where the world is going through or going to. In other words, just like a GPS, Revelation, watch this, begins with where we are, and then it draws the blue line, as it were, to where the world is going to. And where is the world going to? It's not going to an end. It's going to a whole new beginning. In fact, it's going to a new earth. 
You know, I, I always tell you, and again, it's one of those things I'm going to tell you one more time. If you're saying, oh, well, he's going to tell us again, that means you probably got it and you won't forget it. We're not going to spend eternity in heaven. In heaven. You're not going to be a ghost floating around on a cloud playing a harp for the rest of eternity. Nobody wants that. And that's not what heaven's going to be like. But even then, we're not going to be in heaven for eternity. We're coming back to the earth. God is coming back with us. You and I were made with a body. We were meant to have a body, a soul, and a spirit. We were meant to interact with the physical, and that is exactly where the world is headed to. That is the destiny. That's where we're going to. But listen, 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 listen. Here's where it gets a little bit dicey. A little bit dicey. So write this down as A. Revelation maps what the world must go through. In other words, Revelation draws the blue line all the way to the end and says, you're going to the new earth. That's where you're going to. But then, watch this, just like a Google map, it reverse engineers the map, and then it shows us what we have to go through, what the world has got to go through to get where it's going to. And folks, the world has got some red lines <laughs> to deal with. The world is going to have to get through some traffic jams, some pileups. We're going to have to get, you know, I remember back at Christmas this year, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, it was a Saturday, I think it was, it was Christmas season, no, I'm sorry, it was Friday, and I had to preach Saturday, and so I, I took an Uber to where I was, to the, to the, to the airport, and on the way to the airport, we're going down I-85 toward the airport, and all of a sudden, we go, we stop, and the traffic is at a dead stop. And the Uber driver looks at his app, and he says, Rick, there's a red line way ahead of us, and it's a long red line. And I said, can you figure a way to get around this thing? And he said, Rick, there... There is no way around it. We're going to have to go through it. Everybody say, go through it. Everybody say, go through it. Yeah, now with that in mind, that's what Revelation says. Revelation says this world, this world has got to go through a red line to get to where it's going to. And you remember we talked about that. It's called the... It's called the it's called the Great Tribulation. We'll just put tribulation. Remember we talked about it last week? It's called the mega thalipsis. It means mega trouble. It means mega trauma. The world has got to go through that. So let me remind you of the sequence one more time. I promise you won't hear this for a long time. But I want to draw the map out for you one more, more time. I know you, you got it in. You probably go to sleep at night and that, that map appears. So, but one more time, that's the way I like it. So Jesus says, write what has been. So chapter 1 of Revelation takes us back in time to the death and resurrection of Christ. Then chapters 2 and 3 bring us into the present, to what's called the church age. We are living right now in Revelation 2 and 3. We're in the church age. God is calling out a people for himself. Then you'll remember after chapter 3, chapters 4 through 5, give us a trip to heaven. 
We talked about that for weeks and how amazing heaven is going to be, spectacular, see the glory of God. It'll be the most amazing thing you ever, the Bible says far better than anything you've ever experienced in this world. But remember, we don't spend eternity in heaven. So chapter 6 brings us back down to the earth. And from chapter 6 through chapter 18, the Bible unpacks the red line. And that red line is called the Great Tribulation. But let me remind you what it's all about. It's all about God and Jesus with his angels fighting against Satan and his angels. And the whole objective, listen, of this red line is to take this world back from Satan, away from Satan, and to give it back to us. And to give it back to us like it was when God made it in the Garden of Eden. You see, God said to mankind when he created the earth, he said, I'm going to give you dominion over the whole thing. You're going to rule it. You're going to run it. But when sin came in the Garden of Eden, we lost dominion, control of the world. You want to know why there's death and sorrow and disease and pain and war and hate? and big? You, know what, you want to know where all that comes from? It comes when sin hit this world. And it's, it's going to run a course all the way from Adam to Armageddon. And Christ is going to fight to take back this world from us, from Satan, and to give it back to us. But here's, here, I say all that to say this. Write this down as B. This is, this is the most important part. What the world will go through leads to where the world is going to. It's kind of like, duh, I know. But I want you to understand that all of this that, that we read about in Revelation 6 through 18, it's not random. It's something the world has got to get through to get where it's going to. And it's got to go through the red, the red lines. So let me read it one more time. I'm not going to dwell here. I just want to read the red line part to you. And then I want to show you what happens after that. Listen to this. Chapter 6, verse 12. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. And the stars in the sky fell to the earth as figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Chapter 7, verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to... Everybody say it together. <laughs> Hurt the earth. Now, everybody heads up. Because that is what this planet is going to go through. It is going to go through a period where God and Satan are going at it. And God tells us it's going to be red line for the earth. The earth is going to get hurt. But listen, listen, all of that being said, here's what I want you to understand. People tend to get hung up right here. But what the world is going through is not the point of the book of Revelation. The point of the book of Revelation is where the world is going to. Amen? Come on, Christ Fellowship, where it's going to. 
And so I want to give us, a, I want to give us the 35,000-foot level trip to where we're going to. So you ready? Everybody fasten your seatbelt. Here's where the world is coming to. Let's fast forward to chapter 19, verse 11. I saw heaven standing open. Now, this is chapter 19, so watch, watch the sequence. All of the red line ends. So the tribulation is over. And now we come to chapter 19. And what happens is Christ begins to make his descent at the second coming. The tribulation is ending. So watch what happens. I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. And with justice, he judges and wages war. Can you imagine what this looks like for, for Satan? The armies of God coming down against him to wage war, to destroy him, to crush him. Verse 12, his eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. That's the blood of Calvary, his death on the cross. And his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter, and he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. The fury of God's wrath coming down with the armies of, of God to attack Satan at Armageddon. Here's what I love. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written. The babe of Bethlehem. Oh, don't say that, <laughs> the carpenter of Nazareth. He's not coming back as a baby. He's not coming back as a carpenter. He's coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why he's coming back as the king of kings, because when he gets back to the earth in chapter 20, Jesus establishes the king, establishes a king dumb. This is the answer to Jesus' prayer when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth like it is in heaven. That is the kingdom of God that is coming to this earth. Folks, this is the blue line. This is where we're going. Doesn't that make you happy? <laughs> and that kingdom, we know, will last, I would write a thousand years if I had my marker with me. A thousand years. So let's read about that journey. That kingdom it begins in chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down out of heaven. Maybe here's the best part of the thousand-year kingdom. Having the key to the Abyssos, the bottomless pit, and holding in his hand a great chain. Why? He seized the dragon, 
that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan and bound him how long? The, the thousand years, the whole duration of the kingdom. Watch this. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ. Say it with me. A thousand years. That's where the blue line is moving towards. But folks, that's not, that's not the ultimate destination. The ultimate destination is all the way to the end of Revelation. Let's read it. Here it is, beginning in chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new universe and a new earth. Why? For the first universe and the first earth had passed away. In other words, God's not going to give the earth a makeover. God's not going to say, hey, we're going to remodel this thing. God says, no, 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 I'm going to give you a whole new planet, a whole new beginning. With these spectacular changes, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God is like, it's like, it's like God is saying, hey, everybody, look, whatever you're going through, look at this, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. and God himself will be with them and be their God. An angel will wipe every tear from their eyes. <laughs> Who's going to wipe away the tears? He himself. This is a mama. This is a mom wiping a tear away from her child's eyes. This is a husband wiping the tear, the wife wiping the tear of her husband out of his eyes. God says, I'm going to wipe these tears out, and I'm going to do it myself. He says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order, the old stuff is over. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Folks, here's the point. Here's the point. This is not just where the world is going to. Because you're a child of God, this is where your world is going to. You are headed to a whole new eternal life, to a whole new world. And yes, you may be facing tribulations right now and trials and tribulations along the way, but you got to remember where the blue line leads to, because I'm telling you, if you keep your eye on the blue line <laughs> to the destination, if you keep your eyes on where you're going to, it'll help you get through what you're going through. It'll give you the strength. You know, I remember years ago when I first got to Miami, we were going through some really tough times here, and Ron and I were taking it on the chin. Remember I told you we were trying to reposition this church to get it set up to do the things that God has allowed it to do. And, of course, that was met with was resistance. And I was taking it. People were coming at me. Rhonda was taking it. They were coming at her. And we were just feeling like we're in this, this tribulation in our life. And add on top of that, we had kids. And, you know, we had the normal stuff that everybody has, our own marriage problems, our own children problems, our own financial stuff. And it just seemed like it was, it was weighing us down. And we were having a problem going through this. So you know what I did? I booked a cruise. 
I booked a cruise, folks. Rhonda and I had never been on a cruise, so I went out and I booked a cruise, and I got the brochure. And I came home and I said, I took her to dinner. I took her to a special dinner. And I said, honey, I know it was like November. And I said, I know we've been going through some tough times. I know this has been very hard on you. It's been hard on me. And I said, but in February, we're going on a cruise. I said, now listen, listen, November and December and January are probably going to be tough, but we got to keep our eyes on where we're going. And I opened up the book and I said, look, honey, and there's, a, there's this map of, with a red line, just like a Google map. And I said, honey, look, we're going to be going to St. Martin. Honey, we're going to be going to Barbados. Honey, I said, we're going to the Virgin Islands. We're going to Aruba. I said, honey, in February, we're going to be laying on the beach. Honey, in February, we're going to be laying by the pool. Honey, we're going to go, go to the shows. Honey, keep your eyes on it. And every day, every day I'd come home, we'd get out the book, the brochure, <laughs> and we'd make plans. Yeah, we were going, you see, you see, this is the brochure book, folks. You see, here, here's what I know. You see, sister, I know you're, you've been through some tough times. I know you have. Lost your husband. I know some of you have been through some tough times. Some of you right now, you're wondering, can I make it? Can I get through it? Can I tell you something? Open up the brochure. It's called the book of Revelation. Because look, look, we are going to the kingdom of God, folks. We're going to a whole new earth. Amen. <laughs> I know you're going through tough times, but keep your eyes, not on what you're going through, but what you're going to. You know, it's interesting. After I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer, which does not have a great prognosis to it. But one day I, I took Autumn, she's my 12-year-old granddaughter. We went to the mall, we were walking around. And uh, she's so tall now. I mean, and we're walking along and all of a sudden she just says something. She says, Papa, I'm making memories with you. Memories. So I thought, I need to talk to this child. I said, honey, I said, you don't need to be making memories with Papa. We, we need, we, we're making plans. We're not making memories. We're making plans because Papa's going to try to beat this, but regardless, you and I are brothers and sisters in Christ, actually, and we are, and I started telling her, we're destined for a whole new world that we're going to. Neither one of us are ever going to die. We are going to live forever. People of God, let's make plans, not memories. I don't have to tell you, memories, even if they're good, can make you feel sad, right? Listen, we don't have to look at the memories. We've got eternity ahead of us. Stay focused on the whole new world. Hey, I got to say this. I got to add this. Write this down to C. Got to take us back to the world. The world has to go through the tribulation. The world has got to get through this, to get to this. And listen, you know, there's all kind of views. Do we go through it? Do we go halfway? And, and I'm not going to get hung up there today. That's, that's not the point. Here's what I can tell you that you're going to have to go through. You're going to have to go through tribulations in this life. You're going to have weeks, and I'm going to have them, months, and sometimes years of, of great tribulation in our life, and you've got to get through it. 
You have to go through it. And you know what, what, what can make it worse is sometimes you think, maybe I didn't have to go through this. You ever, you ever been going through something and you say to yourself, maybe I didn't have to go through this? You know, if I'd only listened to mom when she said, don't marry that jerk. <laughs> don't marry that drama queen. You know, if I hadn't have taken those drugs, I wouldn't be going through this. If I, if I hadn't, if I'd have just listened to God's word, I wouldn't be having to go through these regrets. But you know what? At some point, it doesn't matter. You, you have to get through it, right? Whether you brought it on yourself or not, you have to get through it. And here's the great news. Here's the great news. Not only does God want to get you through it, but God wants to leverage what you're going through until he gets you where you're going to. In other words, God wants to take what you're going through, and Romans 8, 28, and use it for good in your life. You know, I remember when I found out I was going to have to take chemo. Six months. And I remember thinking, i got to get through this. And then I had those thoughts. You know, I didn't have to go through this. If I just wouldn't have ate all those cheeseburgers, I wouldn't have to go through this. If I had to smoked all those cigarettes when I was a kid, maybe I wouldn't. But you know what? I had to go through it. Everybody say he had to go through it. But you know what I love? God used it to advance the kingdom. Because I remember I was taking chemo and I was in the old MCI unit and everybody had to sit in a circle. All, everybody's hooked up. Nobody can get away from each other. So everybody there can't get away from me. And I've got a captive audience to talk to about the Lord. You remember what Paul said? Paul said, hey, I'm in prison, but don't feel sorry for me. I, these people can't go, go anywhere. And the gospel is actually advancing. People are coming to Christ. And that's what happened. I would be talking to these people, and I would hear them. And, and you could tell they were, they were desperately trying to figure out how to live. And I, and I would say, hey, can I tell you all how you can live forever and have a whole new body and live in a whole new world? And people listen. It was like. You know, you know, you can't beat it forever. And I remember this one couple. He had uh, esophagus cancer, and they had cut his esophagus out and stretched it up, which was incredibly painful. And he said, "Would you, would you?" We're sitting there. He said, "Would you come to my house and tell me about that?" And I said, "As soon as I get through with this round of chemo, I'm there." And I went to their house. And I began to tell them about the cross and about the whole new world that God wanted to take them to. And they both prayed to receive Christ as their Savior. And, and today, that gentleman has already made the trip to here because he passed. But he passed straight to heaven, instant heaven. You see, folks, here's, here's what I can say. I had to go through it, but I'm glad I went through it. Can you, say, can you say, I'm glad I went through it? Can you say, I'm glad I went through it? You see, whatever you're going through today, God wants to use it. Whatever you're going through, your marriage problems, your financial problems, your health problems, I'm telling you, God can use that to draw you closer to him than you've ever been before. So say, God, I want to go through it, but God, I want to be glad I went through it when I get through it. Amen? All right, I want to close with this because maybe you're here today 
And you're listening to all this and you're thinking, I don't know that I'm going here. Listen, I've got great news for you. God wants you to know that you're going. He doesn't want you to hope you're going, to think you're going, to suspect you're going. He wants you to know it. It's like the Google app. This is what makes us happy. You're happy when you know where you're going. If you know where you're going, say amen. If you know you're going to the new earth, say amen. Yeah, it's nothing like that, is there? But maybe you don't know. Here's the good news. Not only can you know it, the Bible says here's how you get there. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be given eternal life. So why don't we do that right now? Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed at every campus. If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, if you've never called on Him, you pray this prayer. Let me lead you in a prayer. You pray this prayer to Him. Heavenly Father, quietly in your heart, Heavenly Father, thank you for not only showing me the way, but making the way. Lord, you made it possible through the cross, through your blood, for me to be with you forever. So right now, I open the door to my heart, I open the door to my life, and I ask you to come in. Forgive all of my sins and give me everlasting life. Lord, thank you. Thank you for such an amazing future. I can't wait to see you face to face. Until then, may I spend my days following you, loving you, and being loved by you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people and all of our campuses said, Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those who prayed that prayer. Before I go, in all of our campuses, one word describes the book of Revelation. It starts with an H. It is the word happy. Well, I'm going to invite our campus pastors to come forward now at your campus. I love you all. Christ Fellowship. God bless you. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know at cfmemmy.org connect and filling out a connection card. We want to thank you so much for joining us. We love you and God bless.